Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. You can find me and our team at rickthomas.net. So if you have anything that you want to talk to us about, you can go there and it won't cost you a dime, just a little bit of time. Get your username and password and you'll be set up. This is what we do all day long, every day of the year. And so if you have a question, let us serve you. It's the only way we can know what you're thinking. Well, let me restate that. It's not the only way we can know what you're thinking. I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But it is the way that we want to know what you're thinking so that we can interact with you because it is our desire to help you. And there are a lot of people that come to us and ask questions, and that's what this ministry is about. We're helping people live effective lives. That is our tagline, our mission statement. The entire mission statement is to help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. There are four parts to our mission statement. The big part, helping people. How do we do that? By providing practical tools. Well, and we want to do that in an ongoing way. And so we say that we help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training because sanctification is progressive. We are never perfected at any point in our lives. We need ongoing training. And so ours is ongoing. And what's the point of it all for effective living? So that we can live as Christ-centered people in God's world. So our mission is to help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. And one of the most uh, uh, useful ways that we can do that is by interacting with you. And so if you have your questions, please come to our forum and ask. Our forums are brought to you by those who support our ministry. And I do want to thank two people who have come on board recently as supporting members. Lasha, $10 monthly recurring membership. Thank you so much, Lasha, by supporting us. And then Midwestern Person. You know who you are. Thank you for supporting us at $5 a month. That's what they have called themselves, Midwestern. And that is fine. And let me make a point about that. Uh, Some people don't want to use their real names, and I am okay with that. You don't have to. It's not a deal with us. It's not a thing. And so if you want to change your name, use another name. That is fine with us. And so that person is Midwestern. I, I have no clue as to who this person is. Not even sure they live in the Midwest. But again, it doesn't matter. Use the name that you wish. But I do thank you, Midwestern, for supporting us at $5 a month because you are benefiting by being part of our ministry. But what I want you to know, and Lasha, what I want you to know is that you are helping multiplied thousands of people who come to our Cyber Sanctification Center every day looking for help. Most of them feed themselves. A few of them ask us questions, but Lasha and Midwestern, you're helping us to do that. Today's podcast, as all of the Your Daily Dry podcast, uh, they're written out for you. And so you can read this podcast if you want to, word for word. I want to talk about wisdom, boasting, and weakness today. And I put those three words together in the title. The title is The Wisdom of Boasting in Your Weakness. 
The counterintuitive irony of the gospel is that God calls us to a place of weakness so he can perfect his strength in us. Now that sounds good, and you know where that comes from. That's 2 Corinthians 12, where Paul was dealing with the thorn in his flesh, and God was very clear that his strength is perfected in Paul's weakness, and that is a counterintuitive message, as I say, the counterintuitive irony of the gospel. A weak, broken, dying man on a tree was the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ dying on the cross when everybody else seemed to want him, wanted him to uh, take the world by storm. He took the world by dying on a cross. That was weakness and foolishness from our perspective. But we know, according to 1 Corinthians, that the weakness of God and the foolishness of God is stronger than men and wiser than men. And that is the counterintuitive irony of the gospel, and we understand that. This perspective that I'm sharing with you sounds good conceptually. It sounds good from the pulpit when we are preaching it out, letting others know about how God can perfect his, uh, his strength in our weakness. But it's hard to live out. It's hard to live out when you'd like to give someone a piece of your mind. Have you ever wanted to give somebody a piece of your mind? At that point, God is calling you to a place of weakness. And if you humble yourself to that place of weakness, you will find that there is otherworldly power that will be perfected in you. I want to tell you the story. I'll give you a story about my friend Biff who found himself in a whole lot of trouble. And I'll share that story with you in a moment and how he had to learn that his strength well, let me put it this way. God will not compete with you. It will either be his strength working out in your life, or it will be your strength. And if it's your strength, it won't end well for you. And Bill found that out as he was interacting with his neighbor, Bud. But I will get into that, uh, get into that in just a moment. But I want to share with you two uh, people who wrote into our ministry one is an encouragement. One is, well, it's not quite so. But I received this note from someone whom I do not know who it is, but they said that you're leading many to the gates of hell. And deep inside of you, Rick, you know it. If the Holy Spirit were indwelt within you, you wouldn't be able to stomach any of this. Now, he is responding to an article that I wrote about a person who wrote into me, and they were divorced, and they were wanting to date again. And I, in fact, that was the last podcast that I did, and you can listen to that podcast, or you can uh, read that article if you want to. It says, I am divorced and want to date again. What are your thoughts? That's somewhat of the title of that podcast and article, but my this individual wrote in and said, you're leading so many to the gates of hell, and deep inside of it, Rick, you know it. If the Holy Spirit were indwelt within you, you wouldn't be able to stomach any of this. Now, I take from that that they did not agree with my article, and I'm really okay with people that don't agree with, with my article. In fact, I said on the forum recently to someone, I don't remember the context, but it's not important. But what I did say that I would find it shocking to find any two Christians that believe everything 
in uh, totality that we don't disagree on any point. It, it would be foolish on my part, possibly arrogant on my part, and definitely ignorant on my part to think that uh, everybody will agree with me on everything. But there is a way to disagree. And I'm not troubled by this note that this person uh, sent to me. I'm sad for them. I'm not offended by it at all. Uh, but I am sad that this is their form of communication on several levels. One, it is so harsh. Two, they didn't leave a name. And three, they're really, this is not the way that you correct somebody. If you want to correct somebody and really engage someone about uh, something that you disagree with, sending an email like this or leaving, this was actually left on a social media platform, but leaving something like this on a social media platform or sending it through email, it's just, this is not the way you work through things. It's, it really isn't. And so I, I hope that you don't do that. When you struggle with somebody, don't do it this way with such harshness and also uh, nameless in an anonymous way and then doing it through a social media platform or email. And I know that that is that's the way that people communicate these days. In fact, if you spend any time on Twitter, you know that there are just bombs that are just launched from both the left and the right. We're all guilty about this, but I just appeal to you not to do it. Go to the person. I was talking with someone today in Texas, and I was uh, talking about a situation many years ago where uh, two older ladies needed to get together and talk. And, and what I told one older lady when she came to me, I said, go. I mean, this is what Matthew 18 says, go. You go to that person and you go and talk to them and have a civil conversation with them. But I wanted you to hear this email because I share a lot of emails that people write to us and they thank us for the ministry. I don't typically share the ones that are harsh like this, but there is the other side of the coin, and there are people who, I'm just not their cup of tea. Now, I'm okay if I'm not your cup of tea, but my goodness, you don't have to throw the tea all over me like this and then walk away anonymously. Uh, but agreeing with me is not that important. Uh, that's It's not a thing. I mean, I know that people do, and I get it, and I'm okay with it. Being disagreeable like this, uh, you know, I'm okay with that as far as I'm concerned, but I'm not okay with you. It is sad for me. And what I mean by that is sad for me that this is your communication style. And if it happens to be any of you all who's listening to this podcast, I would just appeal to you, don't do that. But let me finish on a high note. Howard wrote in, and he said this, and I'll use his name because he was encouraging. Uh, I don't want to give a whole lot of credit to people who write as harshly as the other individual did. Uh, all I can give you is their handle because they didn't give me their name, but I'm not even going to give you their handle. Uh, but Howard wrote in, and he said, I read, all, I read your post all the time. And I want you to know that you have a lot of people that you never even hear from. I have read your testimony several times, and I thank God for you, brother. Now, that's 
that's great. Thank you, Howard, for sending that note. And I wanted to acknowledge it because I appreciate your kindness by writing and acknowledging it. And I do think gratitude is something that gets left behind uh, a lot and maybe even more so because of email and social media and the way that we communicate. Uh, that we just don't take the time to, uh, the world has sped us up. And what we don't want to do is to be sped up. We want to slow down. And Howard, thank you for slowing down and taking the time and express gratitude. And I would encourage you all, uh, if someone has blessed you today, someone in your family, someone in your immediate sphere, uh, would you take the time and just send them a, a grateful note and express gratitude for them with specificity for what they have done and just thank God for them. Uh, that is a much better way to communicate. So Howard, thank you so much for your kind words. Lasha, thank you for supporting our ministry. Midwestern, thank you also for supporting our ministry. Let's talk about Biff here. The wisdom of boasting in your weakness. Biff and Bud are next door neighbors. Biff is a Christian. Bud is not. Bud enjoys mocking Biff because of Biff's Christianity. For the most part, Biff can ignore Bud, or at least that is what Biff wants his friends to believe. The real truth is that Biff is bitter and angry toward Bud because of all the ridicule he has received from Bud through the years, talking about a form of communication. Uh, mocking is not a, a form of communication that typically builds people up. Now, it's okay to mock people, I think, if you really know them, if you have a relationship with them. But making fun of people or putting people down, which is basically what mocking is doing, if you don't have a good relationship with that individual, it would be very wise not to do that. But you can do it within close friendships uh, to a degree, not go overboard with it, but the uh, you have a you you built a relational bridge with the individual. But Biff and Bud, they don't have that relational bridge, and of course, Bud is not a regenerate person. He hasn't been born from above, and so he doesn't know Ephesians four twenty nine about uh, how your words should build up another person. He only knows he only has one gear, and that is to mock and to put people down. and And Biff pretends that that is okay, but the truth is that it's not okay. And Biff has grown bitter and angry toward Bud because of all the ridicule that he has received from Bud through the years. Now, what should happen, even though Bud is not a believer, they're next-door neighbors, and Biff should have a heart-to-heart -heart with Bud. You can do that with an unregenerate, uh, unregenerate person. I have found that lost people for the most part, are reasonable people. I'm talking about those that you have a relationship with, and you can share with them. I have done that before. Men who, I remember one man in particular who liked to share his uh, practice of lust with me and his thoughts about the opposite sex, and I shared with him. I had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with him one time, and I said that that doesn't benefit me, and if, if you can refrain, I'm not trying to uh, get you to embrace my morality, uh, but out of respect and 
for concern for this relationship, and we are friends, and we were friends, and I think if we were meet were to meet today, that we would renew our relationship, and everything would be cool between us, even though he doesn't know the Lord, and I do. But I asked him if he wouldn't talk like that, and well, he refrained. Yeah, sure, I, I, I won't talk like that in front of you, and he didn't, and our relationship continued, and that's what Biff should have done with Bud, but it went on, and Biff became bitter and angry. But Biff has also learned how to hide his real thoughts about Bud while masquerading as though Bud could never get to him. And that's where Biff really made a mistake. Biff's response has always been, well, he doesn't know the Lord. Let's pray for him. And and that's really uh, spiritual. I mean, it's true. But it wasn't true for Biff in that it was transforming him from the inside out because if Biff really believed that in a functional way, Biff would be able to overlook what Bud was doing to him, and he would be able to show pity for Bud because of his lostness. And so what Biff did is he spiritualized his own sin that was going on inside of him, his bitterness and his anger. And everything was fine until three weeks ago when Bud borrowed Biff's weed whacker. A weed whacker is a trimmer, a string trimmer, a weed eater. I I know as I've traveled around the country in the United States, uh, people have different terms for that. But it's how you edge the the your yard where you. Uh, trim your weeds, and I don't know any other way to say it. So in this podcast, I'm saying weed whacker, uh, but it's a way of of taking care of your lawn. And what Biff did is he let Bud borrow it. Biff felt a bit smug and that Bud had a need, and, and Biff was coming to him, or Bud was coming to him for help. And so Biff graciously loaned his weed whacker to Bud. Now, you could put the word graciously in quotation marks because by this time, as you have learned, Biff has a sinful attitude toward his neighbor. And so not only did he spiritualize, well, he doesn't know the Lord, let's pray for him. He's also spiritualizing his generosity, his service toward Bud, Later that day, Bud brought the weed whacker back to Biff's garage, but didn't bother to tell Biff that he had broken the shaft and that nobody could repair it. After the church meeting on Sunday, as Biff was parking the van in the garage, he noticed that something didn't seem right about his weed whacker. Upon closer examination, he saw the broken shaft. Though Biff never led on to anyone what he was thinking at that moment, he felt that he had the perfect opportunity to let Bud have it, and he did. Needless to say, Mabel, Biff's wife, and their three kids were blown away by what they heard come out of Biff's mouth as he was letting Bud have it in the cul-de-sac. Though Biff does love Jesus, and I do want you to know that, he has an authentic relationship with the Lord. With that in mind, well, still yet, he had forgotten a fundamental application of the gospel. Biff chose to demonstrate his strength, his rights, his knowledge, and his justice that day in the cul-de-sac, rather than resting in God's power. 
Biff was motivated and fueled by years of pent-up anger toward his neighbor. And in a flash, all his rage came gushing out in full display. Though Biff was repentant shortly after he exploded, he felt in that moment that his anger was the proper response to someone who had been a thorn in his flesh for so many years. I mentioned earlier about the the Apostle Paul, who had a similar tension in his soul. The text that I was referencing to you earlier is 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 9. It goes like this. This is after Paul asked the Lord to remove the thorn in his flesh. He asked three times, as you remember. And then in verse 9, the Lord said this, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, guess who is who here? (laughs) Guess who has what? It's my power. It's the Lord's power and is Paul's weakness. But isn't that the rub? Isn't that the problem? It was definitely the problem with Biff that day as he let Bud have it, giving him a piece of his mind. Biff was using his strength. He didn't want to be weak in that moment. Paul goes on to say, after the Lord says, my power is made perfect in weakness, Paul responds with, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yeah, Paul had a similar tension in his soul. He wrestled with the strength, uh, with the stress of his strength versus God's strength. There's the competition right there. But Paul learned the lesson, and he began to boast in his weakness rather than his strengths. And that's why I titled this podcast and the accompanying article as The Wisdom of Boasting in Your Weakness. Paul learned the secret. He said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. See, we always want to be boasting people, but the boasting that Paul was boasting about was his weakness. And he tells us why I I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Why, Paul? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's the benefit. Now, if you want to learn more, read more about this idea of boasting in weakness, your weakness, God's strength, self-reliance is one of the big things that we're talking about here. I have three other articles that you can click on. One of them is called The Reason God Wants You a Fragile Jar of Clay. That's coming from another text in 2 Corinthians is chapter 4, verse 7, that we have this treasure in jars of clay. God wants us to be a fragile jar of clay, so you can read about that. I also have another one that it is easy to trust God when I am in control. When life is going well, we can trust God. Well, those are the easy moments for the most part, but it's when things are not going our way. Will we trust God? And that's the big question that Bill had had to answer and he had an opportunity to answer it. And, of course, he failed the test when he went off on Bud. And then there's a third article here. It's called Beyond Your Ability is Right Where God Wants You. Maybe the most popular article on our website. We don't want to go beyond our ability because once we go beyond our strength, then we're in no man's land. We're in uncharted waters, and we need to rely on someone else. 
And that's really what God wants us to do. He wants us to live in our weakness. You see, Paul had a lot of strengths, but that's not what he boasted in. I mean, think about Paul. Paul was very intelligent. We know that. That was a strength. Paul was gifted, another strength. Paul loved God. That's a strength. Paul knew the difference between right and wrong. Anybody that has that kind of morality, well, that's a strength. Paul could easily win any argument. There's another strength. Paul had a lot of strengths, and I'm sure you could add to this list. God had blessed him. But his abilities were a potential trap. And so God showed mercy to Paul by bringing him to a place of weakness. So Paul's strength would not get in the way of God's power. Paul had to learn how to mortify his temptations toward the pride of arrogance and self-righteousness by embracing an attitude of boasting in his weaknesses rather than slipping into the trap of self-reliance. Sometimes God will set your life up in such a way to give you the opportunity to where you can be weak rather than strong because your strengths will get in your way. And that is exactly why the Lord gave Paul a thorn in the flesh. He gave him an opportunity to learn the lesson. Now, Paul didn't like it when trouble came into his life as a thorn in the flesh, but he learned the lesson. He learned that his greatest strength will be the Lord's strength, perfected in his weakness. You see, self-reliance happens when we forget the gospel. Paul knew that his strengths could choke out what God could do through him if he did not assume the position of weakness. Paul learned his lesson and found that it was wiser to embrace and boast in his weakness so that the Lord would perfect his strength through him, and God's power was gloriously magnified through the great apostle to the Gentiles. And we know the rest of the story as we read the book of Acts and see how much the Lord did with this weak man now, though Biff loved God very much, somehow he had missed this very basic gospel understanding. Being weak came across as foolish to Biff. He surmised that Bud deserved his wrath, and it was time for Biff to give him a piece of his mind. If Biff had understood and applied the gospel at that moment of trial, he would have taken the position of weakness, which could look like humility or serving or kindness. God's strength would most assuredly have had an impact on Bud's life. Bud, too, was responding in his version of worldly wise force, power, strength. Rather than the weakness of God thwarting the wisdom of this world, there were two worldly wise men, one a Christian and one was not a Christian, going toe-to-toe, strength-to-strength in the cul-de-sac. The title of the podcast is The Wisdom of Boasting in Your Weakness. Here are some questions that I would like for you to think about. If you were Biff, how would you respond to Mabel and the kids they observed this. They were not only mortified, but a little bit confused because he called himself a Christian. How would you respond to Mabel and the kids? Perhaps you have done this. You have gone off on somebody and 
your spouse and children or those within your sphere of relationship were privy to what happened, they were spectating what happened, how would you respond to them? Maybe another question you could attach to this, how should you talk to Bud if you were Biff? Well, the answer is, is that you would go back in weakness, that you would take the position of weakness and go back and talk to Bud. You would take the position of weakness and talk to Mabel and the kids. And more than likely, if you took the position of weakness, God's strength would be perfected in that weakness, and it would be really different from how it was. Here's something else for you to think about. Describe a time that you were tempted to display your strength, but chose instead to model the weakness and foolishness of the cross using Paul's language in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 through 25. How was God's power made perfect through you? I know you have a story. Think about that time when you experienced God's grace in your life because you were tempted to display your strength, but you chose weakness and foolishness of the cross instead. Number three, describe a time when you responded in your power by taking matters into your hands. How did your strength negate the power of the cross? I have my stories, too, as I have been on both sides of this. There have been times when I assumed the position of weakness and saw God's strength perfected, but sadly and regrettably, there have also been times, too many times, where I took matters into my own hands, where my strength negated the power of the cross. If you would like to talk about this podcast, we'd love to do that, the wisdom of boasting in your weakness. Get on our forums, make sure you have a username and a password, and that you are logged in and we would be glad to talk to you. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.